Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chase and Health Podcast. Chris and I are here today to talk about sustainability, probably the number one thing that most of you are missing out of your current diet plan and something that we want to make sure that we can teach you why things you have done in the past have not worked, why it's setting you up for unrealistic expectations moving forward, then diving into a more sustainable approach and what that actually looks like, and then also discuss like what we currently do with our clients that is different than anyone else does out there in the dieting industry. All right. What's up, Chris? How is your week going so far starting off? It's starting off really well. I'm I'm definitely excited for this. Um, I mean, in, unless you want to lose a bunch of weight and gain it back, this podcast is not for you. Um, but if you're <laughs> looking to actually lose weight, maintain it, learn how to you know carry this into a healthy lifestyle, this podcast is for you. Which I'm guessing that's a hundred percent of our listeners. Probably so. If you, I, I don't know what the title this one's going to be just yet, but I'm assuming if you clicked on this one, you probably want to try to maintain your weight loss long term. Right. So and give up the yo-yo diets. But with that being said, let's dive on in. So first and foremost, we want to talk about some of the things you may have tried in the past. And as you guys know, I mean, we we run a free Facebook group, Freedom from Fad Diets, Conquering, Conquering Your Metabolism and Mindset. So like we obviously are not the biggest fans of fad diets. I think you can probably tell that from the you know past content that we put out for you guys. But we also believe that there is a time and place for everything, right? Like and I I would almost even argue that sometimes you have to go through the thick of shit basically to like see what not to do, to learn from it, to grow and then figure out what the best thing is to do on the other side, right? Yes. Hopefully you're not doing, you know, years and years and years of this. But I also know a lot of the clients we work with have gone through 10, 20, 30, some 40 or 50 years of dieting, of doing this stuff. I I look at this way too, like in business, there's, we could get into this and fail fast, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what we want to do. You want to fail fast, but there's probably ways to just get caught up in, go down a spiral of just failure, 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 everything that we try. Like I'd rather get it right the first time in my opinion, but mm-hmm. there are like growing pains through um, diet failures as well. Like you, these are maybe the stepping stones to get to that point that you finally, all right, there's got to be a different approach out there. Everyone has them. Unfortunately, we run into situations and I, what I don't want to see is somebody in their fifties and sixties that have been trying these things for 20, 30 years Um, Mm -hmm. and still failing. Like, that's what we want you guys to avoid. We're not saying like, you know, if you do them, we're not bashing you. We're not, you know, saying that you're a terrible person. Um, Like, we're just saying that there are better ways out there that we want to just want to honestly just educate you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I like that you said that because I feel like so many people, sometimes when we say like, oh, like, you know, Weight Watchers is bad or Octavia is bad. And we'll dive into these here in a moment. But like when when we talk about these things, some people will like take it, take it offensively, right? Where it's like, oh, well, you know, but, but it helped me. It helped me do this. Help me do that. Like you, you were just told wrong. You weren't given the full picture and that's okay. It's not your fault. So it, none of this blame is on you. The blame is unfortunately on the dieting industry that so many people are proven and persuaded wrong and manipulated and, you know, advertised that all these unrealistic expectations and that are all false at the end, basically. I look, I guess I'll, I'll look at it like this and I'm sorry, Heidi, that if you can't, um, edit this video in front of your kids, but if you're like three-year-old or two-year-old says fuck, (laughs) like you're, you can't really get mad at them, right? Like they probably learned that from you, Mm -hmm. but when they're set 14, 15 and they say it, it's like, all right, like enough of that. You can't be saying those words, right? Like they know better, but, Uh. and so like, I can't get mad at somebody who really doesn't know a place to start and they just hop on Optavia. Somebody sells them on Optavia. Like I can't get mad at you, you know, but 
if you're going back to these things time and time again, then it's like, all right, we need to have a discussion here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, let's, let's kind of dive into some of these, right? And, you know, obviously, guys, we're not going to like cover all of these in great detail, but I, I do think it's important, like we'll highlight like why it works and why it's probably not the most sustainable approach. And so number one, I think this is a really common one is Weight Watchers. You know, I, I feel like and and I, and I will I will go on record on the podcast and I've pretty I'm, I've probably even said it before on a podcast that if I had to choose one, this probably would be the one, because let's be honest, it does say that no food is off limits. It does promote that you can work things in, but it also has some downsides as well. Right. And yeah. so, like, what are like some of the downsides you see with Weight Watchers? I mean, the biggest one that comes to mind is the zero point foods. Um you can definitely overeat on some zero point foods. I I haven't done Weight Watchers to be honest. So I don't know like what those zero point foods are, but most foods have calories. Um and and like a lot of their zero point foods maybe even have hundred hundreds of calories. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say like, oh, these are zero point, eat as much as you want. Like that just doesn't work. Yeah. And they, they definitely have evolved a little bit. I will give them credit for that. Like for a while, like they had a ton of foods on the zero point food list. And like I'd see people in, you know, sharing like, oh, this is a zero zero point lunch. And it was a whole plate of food, basically, um, <laughs> like fruits and veggies and like, you know, lean proteins and, you know, whatever else it may be. But like still a couple hundred calories. Um, and again, like I. And I th- again, like this is where like, sure, it does promote like, hey, if you eat your fruits and veggies, like we're not going to count it against you. Um, and so like it's still allowing it's still encouraging you to eat more of those foods. But guys, like everything has calories in it, regardless whether or not it has points or not. Your body doesn't recognize points. The moment you stop Weight Watchers and you're not tracking points anymore, how how do you know how much to eat? Right. Like everything's calories wise now. So how many calories do you eat? Well, I'm allowed, you know, 40 points a day. Well, how many calories is that, right? And 40 points one day may look totally different than 40 points the next day. And yeah. so I think it's really important just to understand that, like, that's one big thing. Secondly, like, I will say, even though they say you can have just about everything, like, you know, you look at like a donut might be like 25 cal or excuse me, 25 uh, points. And now all of a sudden, like your half your day or more or almost your entire day's worth of points is gone because of one donut. It's like it's 300 calories. You could easily work that into a and then have a protein shake with it. And then that's your breakfast if you wanted to. I mean, like it like don't overthink that kind of stuff. So definitely not a huge fan of Weight Watchers. But again, if I had to pick one, that might probably be the best. They're like Um, the OG. Um, Yeah, exactly. But you also have to. I just heard this actually that now they are doing weight loss medications um, mm. injections. Yeah. They bought some company and teamed up with some company apparently. So they just lost a lot of my respect as the OG. Yeah, it, and I guess and guys, and well, we we were we were going to touch on that one a little bit after the other diets we're going to list off. But I think let's go ahead and actually just talk about that why you brought it up. You know, the whole like weight loss medication thing and. And I want to preface this conversation like, yes, there are people that need these weight loss medications, 1000%. Um, in fact, I've actually, I think, had a conversation with one or two people that I've almost like agreed that they should probably be on that medication. Um, but for the majority of people, for those who need to lose 10, 20, 30 pounds, this is not the route you should be taking. Um, and even if you are somebody who is like, let's say 60, 75, 100, 150 pounds overweight, and you are taking this medication, you also have to continue to do the work that's required with it as well. These medications don't do anything special. They don't magically heal your relationship with food that you have to actually work on. Why did you get to where you're at today to to then start working back through that? So then you're able to keep the weight off because unless you're planning on keeping on that medication for the rest of your life, and I know some people prefer to do that, but I also know a lot of people that say, oh, I'm just going to use this until I lose the weight, then come off of it. But what's your exit plan? I know I've, I've heard way too many stories of people who have gone on these medications. They stop the medication. And, and guys, like, I don't know if you realize this or not. It actually it, it, it stimulates, the, uh, stimulates the fullness hormone in your body, GLP-1. And so when you inject this medication, it's telling your body, hey, you're full. So you don't need to eat anything right now. 
just like with, and I'll use an example that some people may be more familiar with is like testosterone. Men who take testosterone after a while, it, they, they pretty much have to be on the rest of their life because your body basically starts saying, oh, I'm getting all this artificial testosterone. There's no need for me to continue to make more of this myself. So when they come off of it, their testosterone plummets. Same thing with this GLP-1 um, hormone. When you are taking this and your body basically says like, oh, how nice of you to inject this into me every day. I don't need to make this anymore. And so when you stop taking the medication, you have this insatiable hunger that you are going to be starving all the time. And I know a lot of people who have actually not only did they become overweight because of binge eating, but now once they've come off the medication, their binge eating is now 10 times worse because they're no longer able to get that fullness sensation. Yeah. I want to go on public record and saying that I agree that this is for some people as well, um, because I don't think a lot of people uh, I'm known for that, I guess I'll say. Uh, <laughs> Chris's but, tough love posts. <laughs> or my not so tough love posts also get, you know, a lot of kickback as well. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> but I yeah, I completely agree. It's it's something that is for certain people. Um but I feel like it's also I've, see, I've just seen people that are like 15, 20 pounds, like you said, Chase, that are hopping on this. It's like you you don't need that right now. Mm -hmm. It's probably the last thing. In fact, um, a lot of research has shown that the weight, if they've done body scans before and after they've hopped on this and they have the same body fat composition because mm -hmm. most of the weight they lost was muscle mass. So now what happens with this and what I fear about this is that Okay, let's just say hypothetically you lose this weight, you lose most a lot of muscle, and then it doesn't work, and you eventually come back to that point of that same weight, and you're like, "Crap, I got to do something else." Well, now you have less muscle to do it, and that's what makes it even ten times harder because now your your basal metabolic rate is way lower. You're not burning as many calories, and you're like, "Why isn't anything working for me?" Well, it's because you just lost a crap ton of muscle doing something very unsustainable and unhealthy. Yep. Awesome. Well, we'll continue past that one. I feel like we could talk about that more, but I um, want to make sure we have time for these others as well. Um, man, number two here, I guess now number three, but Octavia. I, I feel like this is a one that I am not a fan of at all. Like it just, it is, I, I have so many clients that have come to me working that have done Octavia in the past that, they lose large amounts of weight because it's dropping your calories to like nothing, like 800 calories a day. It's basically like eat a bar for one meal, drink a shake for another meal and eat a lean green meal the next. So it's like lettuce and chicken. Like obviously you're going to lose a lot of weight on this plan. But again, where's the sustainability after this? And then, you know, also just unrealistic expectations, which I'll hold off on that conversation in a minute till we get to that part. But just man, Octavia's not a not a good one. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, um, you're paying over three hundred something dollars for bars and shakes, and I think what hit me the most was I literally had a woman on a call that was inquired about our program that was in tears that she did not know how to eat regular food, mm -hmm. and she's like, I I don't know what to do. Like she invested a year, lost like eighty something pounds. And it was like 60 pounds um, up from when she got off of Optavia. And she was like, I just don't know what to eat. And so like, I'm like, that is awful. Like that is just terrible. So once again, you're all you're getting is a very high dense uh, bar, a very high dense processed shake. Um, and then you get one meal and there's, they say they have a maintenance period, but like people, what I've heard is they're like, well, I'm paying 300 and something dollars a month. Like I didn't want to go through their maintenance phase or I didn't want to go through this. And it's like, so they just never did it. And now they're gaining all their weight back. Well, and also and correct me. You probably know more about the maintenance phase than I do, but I'm assuming you probably still have to eat their bars and shakes. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, they want you to stay on their products forever, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. again, like, I, I mean, with, with us, like, you know, in fact, we actually say don't take supplements. <laughs> like we'll, we'll even try to get our clients not to take even protein powder. Like nothing's wrong with it, but like if we can help it, like just whole foods, right? Anything you yeah. can buy at any grocery store, basically. Um, yeah. yeah. So next is 
fasting. What are your thoughts on fasting, Chris? Um, fasting. And I want to be clear, guys, like and I, I want to, I should have prefaced this in the beginning is that all of these things quote unquote work because they put you into a calorie deficit. That's why they work. Right. Mm-hmm. And fasting is no different. Like it's, creating this imaginary eating window where you're skipping one to two meals a day, causing you to be in a caloric deficit. It's not because fasting has some magic formula to it. It's not because if you eat at 1259, you're going to get fat or anything like that. That's Mm -hmm. not the case. I mean, when you put it to like that, when you say that out loud, like, oh, I can't have this meal at 1258, it's going to ruin everything. And I've seen this before. I've seen posts about this. It could completely ruin my fast. I had, I was 15 minutes away and I just completely ruined it. I'm like, oh, because you ate at 1245. That's, that's. And it was like a banana. They're like, I had, I had eaten a banana 30 minutes early. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only reason these things work is they're putting you quote unquote work. I hate saying that, but like, um, they're putting you into a caloric deficit. Yeah. And, and also I want to preface this fasting conversation with as well. This is fasting for weight loss we're referring to. Fasting for any other reason, health related, religious related, like anything else like that, like that is not what this conversation is about. This is purely intermittent fasting for weight loss and fat loss. Um, And and yeah, I I mean, you you pretty much said it the best. I mean, like you have to be in a calorie deficit. And and in fact, like I know people who, you know, unfortunately, have even taken it as far as like an OMAD diet, one meal a day. And now they're basically binging every day. Um, it's giving themselves permission, like, Hey, I can binge on, you know, one meal a day and eat, you know, 2000 calories, you know, or 1500 calories in one meal and lose weight. Like that is just horrible for your relationship with food. And so again, like you can eat whenever you want to, like I've, I've done the fasting thing, um, and thought it was like the next greatest thing. And then once I realized like, Oh, like I can eat my calories whenever I want, makes sense now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, definitely (laughs) fasting is one of those things where it does nothing special for you. Absolutely. I I think it's uh, also important you just kind of stated that, especially if you struggle with binge eating or emotional eating, stress eating, I don't think fasting is for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, next is keto. And, you know, I feel like this one we can kind of cover a good, you know, rather quickly because I feel like we've talked about it a lot on past podcasts. But guys, like the ketogenic diet or even like Atkins diet, both really enforce, you know, dropping carbs really, really low. You're basically removing an entire macronutrient. And when, you, and when you're doing that, like, yeah, of course, again, you're putting yourself into a calorie deficit because you're removing an entire macronutrient. Now we're just relying on fats and protein. And so keto is another one of those things where like, it's just not going to be sustainable in the long run because I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't, I've never met somebody who says I don't like carbs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I, now I've had people tell me that, but then it's almost like you ever had a client, Chris, where it's like they almost like have convinced themselves so much they don't like carbs that they like, oh, no, I, I, I don't like carbs. I don't want carbs. I don't want carbs. And then like, but it's like, so you're telling me that you never want to eat a slice of bread again. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, I, I like it on a sandwich. I'm like, OK, well, that's carbs. Like your veggies are carbs. Your fruits are carbs. Like all these things are carbs. Like a lot of you are probably thinking of but when we say carbs, you're probably thinking like donuts or you know the hamburger bun or the you know the croissant or the pastries the cake the all those things where carbs are also like rice potatoes sweet potatoes grains quinoa um you know beans have a lot of um carbs in them you know they're great for like getting your fiber in as well so i think it's just all about context with that one as well yeah but when you say that though they they're like they automatically think they can't have those things like Mm -hmm. as well the fruit for instance and you know all these things that they fear and it goes back to their relationship with food right there Mm -hmm. is that is that they automatically think like oh those are bad foods right and that's what a lot of these things do do, is they cause you to start labeling good and bad and Mm -hmm. that's where the relationship with food piece comes in that we're going to touch a little bit about later on that's and that's honestly for me Everything we just listed above there is why I've grown such like a to despise these things is because it ruins their relationship with food. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that's so guys, like when we talk about when nothing's worked in the past, you know, obviously like things with a name, like you don't have to do something with a name to it. Secondly, like, are you restricting your calories too much? 
you know, this is a big thing that a lot of people struggle with is because they like, and, and this is something I've had to have this conversation with clients, especially newer clients that come to work with me is they will say like, I'm, I'm eating 1200 calories, but I'm not losing weight. And it's like, okay, I believe you, right? Like I believe you are probably eating 1200 calories the majority of the time, but what are you doing on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? That's causing your calories to be way over. And now we're putting ourselves at maintenance or even a surplus as well. You can be in a deficit for certain periods of the week and still have the mindset that you are dieting. But what are your actions actually doing throughout the rest of the week as well? Yeah. And I think it's also important to know that restricting calories way too low and you're wondering why you have low energy and you're having all these cravings and struggling with binge eating. Like we, you know, I actually chase you kind of coined this term with metabolic consistency. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's why we get such great results um, in phase one of our program is because like we're, we're actually getting them to be consistent with something instead of eating 1200 calories Monday through Thursday. And then 3,500 on the weekends because they're going out to eat twice a day. It's like, all right, well, let's just eat like 2,000 calories or 1,800 calories consistently for, you know, all throughout the week. And the clients are like blown away. They're like, I can't believe I'm eating this much food <laughs> and losing weight. Like, this is crazy. And it is, but it makes sense. Like, when you restrict your calories, I want you to think of it this way you eat super low for a period of time. And which actually downregulates your metabolism. You start to, you know, your metabolism can start to adapt and things like that. But when we start to actually increase calories, giving you more food, that equals more energy, which equals your body will naturally just move more mm -hmm. and then equals more calories burned. And that's why you start to see like, I can't believe I'm eating more food and losing weight. It's like, well, no, it's just because your activity has picked up because you actually have energy to move more. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. We we have to create that consistency there because it, it, because nothing we all we all understand how frustrating it can be to feel like you're in diet mode. Like you know that's why you know people like that's why and I'm, I'm probably gonna upset some feelings here, but like there is no such thing as like a chronic dieter. Like there's chronic mindset dieting. Yes. Like you may mentally feel like you are in a diet for years and years and years and years and years. I mean, like, look at people who are like starving, like look at like starving people in other countries that are not eating, you know, they are, they actually are starving themselves and not eating enough calories. They're skin and bones. They're not still holding on to body fat during that time. They're literally skin and bones because they are actually under eating the entire time. And so, yes, you may be chronically diet mode in your head. But you are not physically under eating for an extended period of time and not, you know, being able to lose weight. That's just that's not a thing. So, again, like that's why when Chris said we bring clients up to closer to maintenance calories sometimes in the beginning, it is so we can create that consistency so you can actually feel what it feels like to eat at maintenance, get yourself out of diet brain for a little bit of time, and then we can focus on a deficit afterwards. Yeah, I, I think it also you know, we're going to touch a little bit about expectation, but you're removing the expectation as well with like to lose weight, which is a <laughs> huge, I feel like uh weight off people's shoulders because a lot of people have lived when you ask someone, what do they say, Chase, how long you've been dieting? 30 years. You really haven't been trying to lose weight for 30 years. In your mind, you feel like that you've been trying to lose weight for 30 years. But like if you really intentionally ate in a caloric deficit for 30 years, you'd skin and bone yep exactly um and then the next one obviously is ignoring your relationship with food if, if you're not taking care of your relationship with food you might as well not even start this <laughs> like let's be honest like your relationship with food and if you haven't already kind of heard it from us enough already just throughout these past diets and things we've talked about your relationship with food is the foundation of everything if that is not under control and you don't work on your relationship with food you are going to struggle. You are going to regain the weight. You are going to constantly be fi fighting this yo-yo dieting cycle unless that is addressed. Yeah, I feel this is the way I, I look at this. And this is, you know, like I was saying before, why I'm so passionate about what fad diets do to people is because let's just say you hop on keto, right? And 
you remove all your favorite carbs and you just feel like, you know what, I'm just going to white knuckle my way through right to your goal. And then you decide I'm at my goal. I'm going to go back to eating normal. Right. And it's, it's shocking to people. They're like, I don't know how I gain all this weight back. Well, it's because you did something completely that didn't align with what your lifestyle is and what you actually, the way you want to live your life and eat the foods that you want to eat. So you go back to eating normal and you gain all the weight back, right? Mm -hmm. Probably all been there where we've yo-yoed, maybe lost 20 pounds, gained 20 pounds back. And what that does is it starts to cause you to label these foods as good and bad. The good foods, they help the scale go down, right? The Mm -hmm. bad foods made the scale go up. And you start to like make these connections. You start to connect the dots with these foods of like, oh my gosh, every time I have brownies and cupcakes and, you know, milk duds and ice cream, like the scale goes up. What the heck? Well, it's like you start to get anxiety around these bad foods. Anytime you're around or you go to a social event, you start to like get anxiety around it. I've seen this Mm -hmm. before with clients where they're like, the moment I step in the kitchen, I start to like get anxiety to a point where like I can't catch my breath almost to a point. And you want them, but you keep telling yourself like, no, I can't have them. I can't have, have them. I can't have them. They're bad. They're bad. But it's like, what about a child, right? Like you tell a child, like, don't touch that. <laughs> or you can't have this toy. They want it even more, right? Yep. I've seen it before where your kid is probably not playing with a toy. Another kid comes up and takes that toy. And now they all automatically <laughs> want that toy, right? Um, yes. So it makes you want it even more. And then you eventually give into this and you smash, let's just say, like a roll of Oreos. You've been dreaming about those Oreos. You've been thinking about those Oreos. And now what comes with this? There's so much guilt. There's shame. And you start to despise those foods because the next day you step on the scale, the scale's up. Or maybe those foods maybe are are in your life for a lot longer, three, four, five weeks. And you start to scales up 10, 15 pounds. You start to view those foods as like, man, those are like my enemy. Like, I hate those foods. No, like there is a way to work all of these things in and to eat a couple Oreos. You know, we've seen, we actually had um, a few clients that have joined us recently where I've had this discussion with them of like, well, I can't just have one or two. And it's like, that's awesome. Like, I I appreciate you sharing that with me. That's something we're going to work on through this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, guys, like, and I feel like we, we could obviously take this conversation, I think, 10 steps further even as well. Like, you know, but I, I think honestly, we're the best place to get more of this discussion as well is I actually did an entire training in our Facebook community oh, a couple weeks ago about, you know, binge eating, stress eating, emotional eating, cravings, um, you know, working through all those things and how to pretty much overcome those things. And so we definitely encourage you. I, I don't want to spend a ton more time because I know there's a lot more we want to discuss with this um, episode as well. You know, and I think Chris, you shared a lot of like working through these things when it comes to relationship with food and getting a grasp of these issues. And so if that's something you are currently struggling with, like I would definitely encourage you, like go check out that entire, um, recording. I think it was over an hour long, actually, or close to it. I think, um, that we did on relationship with food and it was one of our best training yet. And so if you are still struggling with your relationship with food and you want to figure out what that even means to take care of, you know, no longer binge eating, stress eating, you want to get your cravings under control, you want to work through those things, definitely just actually just what I'll do is just message Chris or I relationship with food training, and then we will get you that access right away inside of our group. Um, but anything I, I again, like I feel like there's a million more things we can cover on that, but is there anything else that you want to touch on on that part before we continue? No, I think we can. Okay. Um, so the guys, like obviously we talked about like why nothing else has worked in the past, but what does that do to set up yourself for expectations, right? Um, and that is a really hard thing that we also have to deal with with some clients when they first come in is because they've done all of these things and now they feel like, you know, oh, well, I lost 50 pounds on Octavia in a year. Oh, well, I, I did Weight Watchers last year and I lost 20 pounds in two months. Oh, well, I did, you know, keto and lost 40 pounds in just like two or three months last time. But they never kept it off, right? But they still have this expectation of I should be losing two, three, four, five, six pounds a week. Whereas like, no, actually, like realistic weight loss is like half a pound to a pound, maybe two pounds a week. If you're somebody who needs to lose a good bit of weight still. Um, but 
I just feel like it sets some people up for so much failure moving forward because then they just never see themselves as being successful. Yeah. I obviously think I shared this with you. I had a call last week with somebody that mm-hmm. was very similar to that. And it's like, oh, I'm not losing as fast as I wanted to. I'm like, well, how fast did you want to lose? And she's like four pounds a week. And I'm like, excuse me. Like, <laughs> and I always yeah. say, you know, it's like, you don't want to know what it would take for you to lose four pounds a week. Like you just wouldn't. Because when I say it out loud to you, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, Chase is going to kind of touch on like creating this diet resume um, that, you know, I, I'm excited to see that email come out uh, that you're going to have. For that. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it just does set a very unrealistic expectation for clients that come in. And, you know, when we have, when we're bringing new clients into our program, I'm always like, we need to do our best to leave all of that stuff at the door right? Like take your shoes off at the door, strip down. You're not coming into our house with that crap, right? Which it, you're, you're going, to, they're going to, right? They're, it's ingrained in them. They've done it for, you know, 10 years possibly, but it does set up that unrealistic expectation that they should be losing three pounds. This isn't going fast enough. Um, you know, and the, the comparison theory, I feel like, you know, uh, we've seen this with like Weight Watchers with like, they've put so much focus on the scale, like when you used to go to Weight Watchers, I'm sure there's our list. Some of our listeners probably remember going to a building and weighing in, and it was a mm-hmm. big deal. Like they hired cheerleaders and everything. No, I'm just kidding. But like they, <laughs> like it was a big deal. Your weigh-in day, and they banked on the, like how consistent you were for that week on that reading on the scale. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's so much stuff that's ingrained that these diets have caused, and it's set us up for some unrealistic expectations. I said this to you earlier this week. I said. I think the hardest part of our jobs is to get to have clients understand that this is great progress. Chase sent me a progress photo of one of his his clients that was amazing in like mm-hmm. a month and a half time span. And it's like so hard to explain to somebody that this is great progress. This you're doing amazing in their mind. They're like, I should be doing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what everything's always proven to them. And that's what, you know, Chris mentioned the whole diet resume thing. That's something that I, I kind of like came up with myself just as far as like, you know, thinking about like, think about it this way, guys, like you have basically created this resume for yourself. Think about like a resume for jobs, right? It's all the jobs you've ever worked, your education, basically all your background for professionally. What about your diet resume? Right? Like, what does that say about you? Like, oh, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I did Weight Watchers, lost 20 pounds. Then I did keto the next year, lost 40 pounds, gained that back. And then the next year, um, you know, oh, I did Nutrisystem and lost 20 pounds. Oh, and then one year I, you know, then did Octavia and lost, you know, 75 pounds, but then I gained it all back. And then, you know, and like just the list goes on, right? Like, like think about what your diet resume says right now. Now you have all of these false beliefs associated with that resume because they're all saying, look what is possible over here on your resume. Like all of this is there. Why aren't you doing this again? Like if you've been able to achieve this quote unquote success using big air quotes here for those listening, if you're not able to achieve this kind of success, then what are you doing? Everything you're doing right now is wrong. You're losing a pound a week. Come on on your resume. Remember back when you did Weight Watchers and you lost three pounds a week, you're not doing good enough. So you have to get, you have to bring up this resume and like really look at it and be like, where is all this coming from? Is this stuff true? And if it's not, you need to start actually like purposely like and intentionally crossing those things off your resume right you know what like think about like what's the one job that you don't want your new employer to see i'm just kidding <laughs> right <laughs> or the big the big gap in your resume right <laughs> it's just like when i worked at um mcdonald's when i was in nursing school i was like yeah you know that one's just, i'm not gonna put on the resume <laughs> no need to know that yeah it's like no one, um, no one cares that i worked at mcdonald's for a year <laughs> well i also look at your identity with that, right? It's um, yeah. What, what came to my mind is you identify with what you is on your resume. Oh, I, I was a plumber for seven years. I was in the army for nine years, right? Like you start to like identify as these things, and it's like, oh, I gained, you know, I, I I've done fad diets for twenty years. I've lost thirty pounds. I'm a yo-yo dieter. I'm this, and you start to identify yourself as these things, and now we need to rewrite that as well. Yep, exactly. Um, start with a clean slate. Like, like Chris said, like you're like, obviously we're not wiping this all clean as if it never happened. Like we do have to work through it, 
but you are basically like trying to like rewrite your entire resume again and start from start from scratch. Yeah, you you just actually had a a client um, join your team that has never dieted before. I remember when she I was on a call with her and she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I've never you know I've never had to diet before," and I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be perfect. Like, yep. that's what you want." And I know. so. Yeah, when I when I heard that, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great client. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I mean, and that's, you know, our typical client does come from like trying two, three, four, five different types of diets and years and years of trying and different things and yo-yo dieting and struggling with relationship with food and things like that. And so, yeah, def- definitely a little bit of change of pace, but I'm really excited to work with her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and actually that something she said that actually we can kind of carry into our next point here to as we start kind of wrapping this up with like, why are we different? She even told me on our call at our, um, we just had our onboarding call yesterday morning and she had said, you know, she's like, your all's program is just so different from everything else I've ever seen. She's like the phases you guys run your clients through, like just everything that you all do is just so different. And I love it. And she's like, I haven't done a lot of these things in different diets in the past, but she's like, this just seems so much more doable and sustainable. She's like, I just love that. I feel like I'm going to be able to do this and never have to worry about this stuff again. Like, and so I really love that hearing that. And so I want to like, talk about like why are we different i mean like chris like we talk about like personalization like what 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 sets us apart when it comes to personalization i guess yeah i'd love to touch on this because i recently um took kind of a few clients that over the last couple of weeks for the first time in a while and mm-hmm. uh i i've been seeing the personalization in, in full effect by like hey what do you have going on this week or even today this hey this came up and they reach out. Hey, how do you how do you suggest that I handle this? Like I just got invited to this cookie cutter um, thing where we're going to decorate cookies and stuff. And I'm like, this is why we have personalization and individualization is your week. Your day is constantly changing with random things of like what we need to work through. And there's always something that needs to be altered and uh, a moment to coach them. And so mm-hmm. I think like having macros that are individualized where it's like, hey, you know what? Today, let's go to maintenance and being flexible there. Like Super Bowl Sunday was yesterday. Um, A lot of my clients, I just said, don't track one plate method. Send me a picture of your plate. Mm -hmm. I want to see it. You know, and it's like you're individualizing something to fit their lifestyle. Maybe you didn't do anything for the Super Bowl. That didn't pertain to you. But for the individuals that did, this was a moment to coach them. Um, Their workouts. I think like your personality plays a factor into this. We have some clients that like, I need a new workout. I'm like, I just gave you a new workout last week. You know, <laughs> like you know, they they just love change. And then you have some that like, I just want to do the same thing every, every workout, you know? So it's like, I, we take a lot of things in consideration and it's needed because everyone's different. They didn't make another Chase Smith. <laughs> Sometimes I wish there was more than one Chase Smith. <laughs> 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 my help off with a little bit of what I have going on. Right. <laughs> um, no, it, that personalization is so, so, so important. And I, I feel like that's where, I, you know, a lot of the things we talked about in the past, like Weight Watchers, Octavia, fasting, keto, all these things are just all cookie cutter, right? It's like, hey, cut out carbs. Hey, only eat between, you know, 12 and 8 or whatever the hours are people fast with. Um, like, you know, they have all these specific cookie cutter items that aren't are like and just aren't flexible at all. Right. Like, whereas. You know, like, let's say you are going out, you know, I like, for example, I actually had a client that was um, going on a road trip um, to their, her husband got a brand new car. They had to go pick it up. And she was like, all right, we're gonna be traveling for a day, staying somewhere for two days and then driving back. Um, it's gonna be kind of like a longer four day weekend. And so we talked about like how to strategize with that, how to work around that. You know, if she was on like Weight Watchers, like she's not gonna what points her and all these foods she's having to like eat out and go out to eat multiple times a day. And, you know, she's on Octavia, she had to take all these bars and shakes with her. She's fasting. Like, all right, well, what if they're not stopping during her fasting hours or driving or they're somewhere in, you know, her husband's like, hey, I'm hungry. I want breakfast. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm fasting right now. Or, you know, keto and like, oh, well, all they have is like things with bread and carbs with them. So like just none of these things are flexible. And so it's like, sure, she was over her calories a couple of days, which we we knew where it's going to happen. She was traveling. She was eating out a lot more than normal, but we made it work. And still her average ended up being like 100 calories over her deficit. So, AKA, she was still in deficit. And then that was able to help her be able to feel like, even though she didn't have the best week, quote unquote, she was still able to maintain her progress throughout that time being gone. 
Yeah. And also like, you know, uh, busy moms out there that are preparing dinner for three kids. Like you really want me to tell you that you can't have, have carbs, like somebody who is very high stressed, um, possibly dealing with getting three kids off to school and those kind of things. Like, no, you need your carbs. Like mm-hmm. that helps stabilize your mood. It, it helps just makes you happier. Um, so definitely important that you have a personalized plan that is fitting and it's flexible, I think is yep. the best word for it. Yeah. So next, like we want to talk a little bit about our, each of our phases here. Um, and actually we have recorded an entire podcast, um, on like how our online coaching works. And like, so I think like a lot of people don't know what online coaching is. And we talked about our phases and things like that. Um, I don't recall the episode number off the top of my head, but I will link it in the show notes, um, to, so you guys can go check that one out. But basically like to go through these and why we're so different is in phase one, like we mentioned earlier, like that metabolic consistency, we have to make sure like you are doing what you need to building these habits, building that foundation, working on your relationship with food. Because if we don't have this foundation set um, set in stone, then imagine building the million dollar mansion. And then the moment you have adversity come through, it's like the tornado that just wipes it all down to the ground. And then you're building back over. That is why you're yo-yo dieting every single year is because you don't have a foundation to help you withstand the storm, right? Whatever adversity you may be facing. Yeah. I also look at if you're just, which most of those diets that we just talked about in the before, it's automatically right to a fat loss phase. They just mm-hmm. like, all right, let's get you right to your goal, right? Because that's going to, you think results drive motivation. Um, like mm-hmm. you're going to be very motivated as that scale just continues to drop. However, it makes it really difficult if you have not addressed, like Chase just said, the foundation, but also your relationship with food. Like if mm-hmm. you're going into a fat loss phase struggling with binge eating and stress eating and emotional eating, you're not going to be very consistent. And so that's why we focus this, all of these things in phase one of our programming is actually like priming your body, priming your metabolism, we're priming your habits, we're priming everything about you getting re- you ready to go into phase two. Yep. And then phase two is our fat loss phase, right? When we call it pursue, because we're actively pursuing fat loss. This is when we, all right, we've, we've set yourself, set yourself up basically like, like it's almost like you're, um, you know, imagine like the horse ready, you know, inside the gates ready to take off. And it's like that priming phase is like getting you ready, getting you amped up, getting you fired up. And all of a sudden we open up that gate and like, let's go. Like now it's time to really work on your deficit. Um, you know, we prefer to sometimes take a little bit more of a, you know, not, not fast, but more efficient approach, right? Like we, we're big fans of, and obviously this is very dependent um, on the person again, personalized. But for a lot of clients, it's like, hey, like if you're in a deficit, like hey, let's actually get the results you came for in this deficit here and not waste time. Right now, I'm not saying that we're going to like drop your calories a thousand calories a day or 800 calories a day and make you live off protein shakes. Like, no, like that's not what this is about. Like you're still going to be able to eat your favorite foods in moderation. You're still going to be able to like have, you know, drinks on the, on the weekend if you want to. Like you're going to be able to have the piece of cake at your kid's birthday party if you want to, right? Like you're going to have full control and full reign of what you're able to have and what you choose not to have. Again, it's what you choose. You have a choice in this. Um, we're not giving you like a meal plan that says you can't eat this and you can't eat that. And, but we're going to get you the results that you came for. Yeah. And I think it's also important to know too, like phase two, fat loss phases, anywhere from eight to 16 weeks, depending on what's going on in their life, right? Like it's not something that's like dieting for the next 10 months until you get to exactly. your goal, right? Like we we listen to biofeedback in phase two of like, how's your energy? Had a client the other day, had like a, I don't feel like doing anything moment. And it's like, that's a sends a red flag to me as a coach. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe we, maybe we need a diet break. Maybe we need to just take today off and rest and or sometimes it's just a, we can quote unquote, like a refeed day or mm-hmm. something like that, right? Where it's just like, you know what? Eat at your maintenance, maybe even go over 100, 200 calories over your maintenance. So let's just not even focus on that today. But like, it's all of those things are definitely needed in a fat loss phase. You're going to need to eat your favorite foods. Well, like Chase said, it is a very sustainable calorie amount as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then phase three. 
I mean, man, like that's like one of the most important phases of it all, because this is when you're going to learn how to maintain your results long term. We take your calories back up to maintenance. We work on sustainability. We work on then learning how to intuitively eat. Yes, our clients track when they're in a fat loss phase, but we do this because it's important to gain awareness, know what you're currently eating and get you the best results. And then from that point, we're able to then progress into maintenance when we can start taking more days off and tracking. We can start and we can start more intuitive eating. We can start really prioritizing building more muscle, getting you the body that you want rather than just being skin and bones because you lost some body weight. To me, this is my favorite phase to talk about because everything that we discussed today, what separates us talking about creating that separation from everything else is this phase right here. Because mm-hmm. they teach you how to get to, or they don't teach you, they just basically restrict your calories to get you to a certain goal. Then they don't teach you how to maintain it. And so phase three, we actually have our clients that go through all three of our phases, 30 to 60 days into phase three of our program, where we're teaching them. This is like, we call this uh, passion, where like we teach them how to live the life that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and work all of these things in and call it like lifestyle integration kind of, you know, is another good term for it. But like we are teaching you how to maintain your results with the lifestyle that you are going to be living through all the seasons, through the holidays, through your birthdays, vacations, everything. We teach you how to maintain it because otherwise we're just going to be that quick fix that you've taken the last five to 10 years if we don't teach you this. Yep, absolutely. And and that's why, you know, none of these other phases, I mean, all these other programs we mentioned earlier in the podcast really do teach this because one, like maintenance isn't sexy, right? Like maintenance is like, maintenance doesn't sell. It's not like something like hot topic idea where like a lot of these plans, if you're, you know, on them, they're like, oh yeah, like we need to take calories at the maintenance. And they don't tell you why all this is important. Like they don't, like they want you to keep losing weight. So you think this is like the greatest thing ever. Then when they're like, all right, bye, see you, you got this. Then you go back and gain it all back. They're like, well, shoot. Well, you know, I, I did Octavia last time and lost 50 pounds. I gained it back. But, you know, they're, they're saying I just need to try again and just be, you know, have more willpower and be stronger and do better this next time. And so I'll go back and do it again. That's how they keep getting you to come back again and again and again and again, because they're not teaching you how to maintain these things long term. Yeah, it's like you're going to sit there and waste your time trying all these things, waste your money, your health. You're, you know, there's there's a lot of things that you guys might not the average person consider all that goes into this, like your your metabolism, your health, your money that you're just wasting your time. It's like or what can we do? We can just we can spend a year, six, 12, 18 months and we can you can hire a professional that knows exactly how to take you to point A to point B, teach you how to maintain it. Like, or we can spend the next five years just yo-yoing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then the last point that what we do a lot differently than most other things that we've listed earlier in the podcast, and we've already touched on this a little bit, was changing your identity. Guys, if you are not working through this identity change, you are always going to remain the person who's overweight. You're always going to remain the person who struggles with the relationship with food. You're always going to be somebody who binges. You're always going to be somebody who falls off. You have to start working through this identity work to make these things sustainable in the long run. There's a common thing that I find, you know, I used to be in like, uh, like fasting groups or like keto groups and stuff. And they would say, well, you don't need to exercise. You can, you can do like, how do I lose weight? And I just sit on my couch. It's like that person is going to, this is the quick fix for them. Mm -hmm. They're going to lose the weight and they're going to gain it back because they haven't changed their identity, their, their activity, Um, They don't care about that. They don't care about the inner game. And so sad to say, but this is where the sustainability part comes in. It's because you've taken one person that maybe, uh, I guess I'll I'll put it this way. You go drop your kids off at school or at uh, practice and you run to McDonald's and get fast food, come back and you just scroll TikTok, eat in fast food restaurant, right? Um, Or... The other identity, though, and I'm speaking literally about a current client that I have that has like seen the switch in herself. She told me, she goes, actually, I'm going to get my steps in tonight because I'm going to actually walk the track while my son's at practice. Mm -hmm. And she goes, before 
I used to go grab fast food, come back and just scroll on TikTok until he was done. That's the identity switch. She's yep. now made that switch to, nope, now I'm going to get my steps in. This is an opportunity to go to the gym. This is an opportunity to do this. That's how that identity switch happens. Absolutely. And, you know, and also speaking of identity change, guys, we also did another um, training a while back on identity change in the group as well. So if that is another training that you'd like as well, um, again, message one of us if you want the relationship with food training, if you want the identity shift change, or excuse me, identity shift training, let us know as well. And we'll make sure you get that as well. But other than that, guys, I feel like, you know, just kind of wrap this up here. You have to realize that whatever you're doing, you need to be able to do forever. And and I know somebody's thinking, well, you said you do tracking. But yes, that is tracking for awareness to get you to, to the point when you're able to then no longer have to track. You have to know what your body is going to respond to. You have to know how much food you're actually eating, right? Like our first week inside of our program, we were tracking awareness to figure out where you're even starting at. Because most people are either under eating or overeating a lot more than they would expect. And so we have to know where we're starting at. Then we have to know what it feels like to eat that many calories per day. And then we start learning more to how to do that intuitively. You're not going to intuitively eat or, you know, uh, the right amount to lose weight or intuitively eat the right amount to maintain right out of the gate. We have to learn that. It's a developed skill. And so find what you're going to do for the rest of your life that is um, that's something you can sustain something you look forward to waking up to every day and doing every single day. And if it's not, that probably needs to change. Yeah. I was going to say the last thing, just the identity change is so important. Like if you, if you avoid this, I want you to think about this. You're unknowingly going to self-sabotage your results because you have not made that shift. Stress mm -hmm. eaters are always going to find a way to stress eat. Yo-yo dieters are always going to find a way to gain their weight back. So we need to change that identity completely around. And I always say like, you know, stop trying to diet with a name on it. Like you need the diet, like the Chase Smith diet or the Chris diet, right? Like that's the only name that you need in your diet. It's flexible. It's fluid. It's constantly changing, but it's fitting into your goals, your lifestyle and the life that you want to live. I don't know, Chris. I feel like, you know, they could have one name in it. Conquer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, conquer in it too. <laughs> oh, just kidding, guys. But um, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. If you need anything at all from us, or you run those trains, hit us up and we will see you guys on the next episode. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.